Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Have you got a moment? I want you to take a look at the book with me. We have the unique opportunity through this podcast to allow you to hear a portion of a series I have entitled A Middle East News Update. It's basically looking at the last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. We talk about the messenger and the message of Malachi, two brothers, two states, two temples, and two witnesses. Now today, we're going to be talking about two brothers. How do they play into end-time prophecy? Those two brothers would be Jacob and Esau. We're going to take a moment to listen to our study, and then I'll come back and tell you how you can have your own copy of Malachi, a Middle East news update. That's the five-part, five-hour series on the book of Malachi. Let's listen right now, and then I'll come back and talk to you a bit more. Uh, Go with me to the last book in the Old Testament. It is the book that is at the edge of 400 years of silence. Just a bit of a rehearsal before we get into what he lays out. He divulges as the prophetic scenario for the end times. It is so unique. If I had to entitle the study that we're doing, I would have to call it Malachi's Middle East News Update because he is speaking to issues that are as current, as contemporary as could possibly be. And it is amazing. It was 2,400 years ago that Malachi was inspired, breathed into by the Holy Spirit of God, the Word of God. He didn't select himself as a prophet. God, as the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 tells us, selected men, ancient Jewish men, to be these prophets that would look into the future. Now, of course, in the study of prophecy, you have to remember, there will be in most cases, a short-term fulfillment and are a long-term fulfillment. In other words, there are some things that are going to be happening in the short term, and Malachi will be speaking to that. We looked last evening as we saw that in the uh, first chapter of the book of Malachi, uh, there was the presentation of sacrifices which were lame. And they had a form of godliness, which, of course, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, would be evident in the times in which we're living as we look not only to the past significance of Malachi's prophecy, but to the present situation and how close he, in his writing, was describing the day in which we're living. We also looked in Malachi chapter 2, Uh, that there was sexual behavior that was very, very loose in that period of time. Men coming back from the captivity, Jewish men looking for strange women, going to Ashdod, Ascalon, uh, and Ammon, and Moab, and selecting what they considered to be beautiful women, and then putting their wives away, and he states there that he hates divorce. And uh, that is his heartbeat And it is, I think, a principle that we can apply to our own experiences as well. And that is what is taught, I believe, throughout the entire Word of God. In the third chapter, we saw that, indeed, they were stealing from the Lord. That instead of bringing the first fruits and their tithes and the different tithes that they were responsible for, a tithe to operate the temple itself and to pay the priest, a tithe to pay the Levites, the Levites giving their tithe to uh, the temple also, and then a tithe every three years, and that tithe set aside to give to the poor to meet their needs. By the way, that's an interesting principle. 
you know, we could do away with some of the taxation that is imposed upon us, and we wouldn't have to have such a large governmental operation over taxation as well, and the welfare system, should we follow biblical principle. The believers took care of the poor at that time. They were able to discern. They were hands-on. They knew exactly what was going on. And so they gave a portion of their money. And when you're giving a portion of your money directly to the poor in your community, you're going to be watching very closely what's happening. God laid it out in the principles of his lifestyle for those people in that day and, I think, appropriate for today as well. That's what we saw in the overall big picture of the times of Malachi, the three characteristics. There was uh, the sacrifices which were lame, uh, there was the sexual behavior which was loose, and then there was the stealing from the Lord that was going on at this time. Now we then look at how he's going to divulge the prophetic scenario for the future, and he does that in the four chapters that Malachi wrote for us. The first one, we're going to be talking about two brothers, and we're going to look into the backgrounds and the past significance of these two brothers, the present situation, and the prophetic scenario. We will look at also, and the next time we get together, at the two states. And I am so amazed at how you can take the pages of Malachi and almost put them in place of the stories that would be headline stories on the nations of the world, but in particular the Jerusalem Post. It's unbelievable. Two brothers, which we'll be talking about, you'll see what I'm speaking of in a moment. Two states, which we're on the verge of as it relates to biblical prophecy and the situation we're living in right now. Then we'll look at the two temples. Two temples, the greatest indicator, the greatest sign to the Jewish people that the Messiah is about to come is the temple's preparation to be built in the city of Jerusalem and what is happening there. An incident took place in Tiberias when Judy and I were just recently in Jerusalem. We just returned a couple of weeks ago. And uh, indeed, what happened there during that time, very significant as it relates to the two temples. And all of these things, the two brothers, the two states, and the two temples, setting the stage for the two witnesses to come on the scene, which will be headquartered in the city of Jerusalem. And we'll get into that when we come to the fourth chapter. So let's look now then at Malachi the first chapter and see exactly what it's talking about as it relates to current events in which we see unfolding before us. Chapter 1 verse 1, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? And the Lord responds, was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. And I hated Esau, and I laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, oh, they shall build, but I will throw them down. And they shall call them the borders of wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation Forever. Just let me look at a couple of things here before we start to develop this and to get some explanation of what he's really talking about because I don't know about you, but the first time I read that Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated, boy, I had a conflict going on in my mind. How can God hate somebody? 
As I understand John 3, 16, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And here he hates a people, a people, by the way, that has more judgment pronounced upon them than any other peoples in the Bible. And so thus he says he hates them. But notice something here. He says, I'm going to have indignation, verse 4. I'm going to have indignation against these people. They'll uh, call their border the borders of wickedness, the people against whom the Lord shall have indignation forever. That word forever in Hebrew is olam, O-L-A-M. It's the same word in the name of God, El Olam. And the names of God, of course, give us the character of God. El Olam means the eternal God, talking about the eternality of God. So when you take that word olam, connected with God, speaking of his eternality, and put it in another location, it has that same meaning. It is an eternal thing that's going to be happening. And that is, God will have indignation against the descendants of Esau, the Edomites, forever and ever and ever. Thank you for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us today. Malachi, a Middle East news update, is what we have been studying, and we've been talking about the two brothers that God told their mother would become peoples in the end times and play a key role just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. Well, there's much more to study in this five-part, five-hour series, Malachi, a Middle East news update. Actually, it's like reading from the front page of the newspaper. You need to study this book, and you can have your own copy by calling our toll-free number or going to our website and making a purchase of Malachi, a Middle East news update. Our toll-free number is 877-674-3299. That's a toll-free number from all across America. Or you can go to our website and make your purchase that way. The address of our website, www.prophecytoday.com. This is Jimmy DeYoung thanking you for taking the time to take a look at the book with us. You know, Malachi, with his Middle East News update, written some 2,500 years ago, is like reading from the front page of the newspaper today, all evidence that Jesus Christ could be coming very soon. Remember, before he comes back to the earth, the rapture takes place, and we're caught up to be with him in the air. And that rapture actually could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...